Welcome to the Intrepid Hearts Garden Party. Join us for a floral affair as we break the stigmas around cannabis, celebrate alternative wellness, and discuss how you can become more sustainable in your shopping habits while staying fashionable AF. Grab your tea, tequila, or toke and join the garden party. definitely not a party over here for any government officials listening. No, it's not a party. It's the same group of people, intermediate group of people who are integrating amongst themselves over and over again. And that's about it. (laughs) Six feet apart. Yeah. So times. Times have changed. Or have they? Or what is going on? What is the world right now? That could be a whole so whole tangent. <laughs> yeah. When Anna said that we were going to do this podcast today, it was like, oh, let's talk about our time when we were away together a month ago, as well as like talk about the quarantine. And the interesting about that, when she like said that to me, and I was thinking about it as I was gathering like in my state of wake up and getting ready in the house, I was like thinking about pot doing us talking on the podcast today. And I like very much, I haven't even said this to Annie yet, but part of my download experience that I had while I was away on that trip, um, at a vision was very much, uh, about keeping yourself isolated and secluding and, uh, I have an issue where I am constantly needing to be surrounded by other people. I've always been this way. I don't like being alone. Like, even when I would do work in college, I would be much better off in a room full of people, like, sitting there doing work. Like, why legitimately for my knitting midterm brought... Mm -hmm gloves and knit them at a party one night like I sat on the sofa (laughs) and knit my gloves for like my midterm while everyone partied around me and like yes I would like smoke and like hang out but I just sat there and knit it and like if I had stayed home and done it I would have gotten nowhere because I would have been like I couldn't sit still I need like entertainment I have a hard time sitting still and while we were away that was like one of the messages that kept coming to me was that I needed to really work on that side of myself um not just because I can be productive but I need a balance and I sometimes go too extreme with not working alone and being with myself and my own thoughts well this is the perfect time for that so It was delivered to me. <laughs> I wonder in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that because I'm literally the opposite. Like, I 
work that I love being alone. I'm very like independent and can be alone. Like I always think back on the time that I was living in Denver because we didn't have like a ton of friends that we were like constantly going out mm-hmm. with or whatever. Like we had our friends in time, but I just loved like having that time. I was so productive. I felt like, and I like could get so much done. And so I was excited for this time of the, well, I'm not excited, but I'm making the best out of this time that we have to be. Um, like slowing down and going within, but I feel like I'm not getting as much done because we came over to my parents' house and there's, yeah, more people and activity and I keep getting distracted. So it's like the opposite for me. Yeah. (laughs) But I just need to, yeah, like put up some boundaries with my like family and fiance and be like, I need to go and do this. I had to, yeah, I had to do it. So I I originally went into this and I was like wanting to help out with my sister and my brother-in-law a lot with their kids and I wanted to stay at their house instead of Jeff and I's house partly also because I just don't like we live in a townhouse condo situation right now and I don't like being on top of other people with just weird tensions and not understanding it It was giving me a lot of anxiety at first instead of like a yeah community the whole community vibe you can feel it close-knittedly um so I was at my sister's and helping a lot. And I was like, okay, this is the opposite. Like, this is me somehow finding a way in isolation mode to be completely distracted by, like, taking care of other people's shit, which is another thing I do. I could go on so many tangents. I'm not getting into all of the things. But, like, so I, like, wheeled it back in. I was like, I need to start staying home. And then I need to start, like, when we get together, I said to you in our text, I was like, I need to make myself leave by, like, one at the latest. So I, like, have half the day where I'm forcing myself to, like, be in my own, like, work on my own, in my own way, with my own thoughts, and, like, quiet, and not busying myself. Yeah, and I think people being at home with their families more so than they would normally do in regular situations and being forced to like all be together it can bring up a lot of things a lot of tensions it can but it can be a really good time to spend time but it's also like you see a lot more of people and their sides and like more of what they're going through and I know for us it's like we always feel like we want to be helping better our family members and like helping in any way that we can and supporting but at the end of the day I've realized it's like I just need to work on myself and bettering myself so that I can be there for them if they need support, if they yeah. need to, if they go to make those changes because only they can want to make a change in whatever they're doing. So mm-hmm. that's like one of my <laughs> yeah. challenges through this. And I know you're like the same way. But yeah, it's a weird time. What's been keeping us sane? I mean, we've been in the roller coaster, all those different memes of like the different what stage of quarantine you're at with like all the different like pictures of Britney Spears or like all there's other ones but I feel like I've definitely ridden that roller coaster where I've been like super stressed and tense and like kind of feeding into the fear to completely like letting go and being relaxed and fine with it to getting antsy to yeah just accepting and I had a short moment of fear where I was like, oh, the whole world's going to go. go. My fear was more like people are going to go crazy on each other and yeah. turn on each other. Exactly. And I I definitely, at, after like day and a half, day two of that kind of experience and letting myself be in that anxiety, I was like, this is 
gonna get me nowhere. <laughs> like yeah. anticipating the unknown is doesn't is completely useless, and we all know that. And it's like I need to just take each day as it comes. Exactly. Yeah, me too. The same kind of thing. And um, our friend Kara sent me this article from Medium that this woman wrote. And it was her. She um, does a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies. And she went to ayahuasca with the current situation of the world. And basically her downloaded message from that experience was that we, um, as a society as a culture are like going within where the caterpillars that are like now we're in our like cocoons like we're so we're going through the metamorphosis and it's painful and they use this analogy in my kundalini yoga teacher training as well it's like you go through all these stages and like you get uncomfortable you literally turn to goop like but you have to like be able to just be uncomfortable and like go through these harsh extreme changes to emerge on the other side like as a butterfly but it's a really great read and I'll link it uh, in the show notes because it just talks about like all the different aspects of what this is causing for the world, the positive, the bad, like businesses are going out of business, but it's like maybe we don't need these mass commercial consumer malls anymore, like mm-hmm. for people to go to and spend like money on things that they don't need. Like maybe there doesn't need to be so much meat production in the world and like that kind of thoughts um but she goes through a bunch of different facets of it it's really it brought me back and it was a great reminder again for like yeah what we're going through and like gina said we just have to take it day by day and do what's just in our control which i think is like getting our mind body and soul healthy and happy Mm -hmm. for everybody i mean Everyone's talked about being caught in the rat race for so long now. And did we ever... I mean, for a lot of people, there was no way of imagining there being a pause button. That would be like a pause button for everybody. I used to think about it all the time, though. I used to be like, what if everybody just agreed to take a pause? (laughs) Well, here we are. The pause is happening. However, I don't know how many people feel like they've agreed with it is the other is the other issue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's interesting. We should have our friend on here. We did we did do. I've been thinking about Kara cuz I'm like I want to explain, you know, the astrological bits of it that she's explained to us which are really interesting, but I just feel like I'll butcher it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know um, about it. But I, it, it's like the whole, um, the last time we were in a transit like this, and I don't know which pla- planet, I think it might be Saturn, Saturn yeah, transit, um, <clears throat> was when Martin Luther nailed his thesis, what is the date and the what is the year of that, I can't remember off the top <laughs> of my head, but basically that was like society at that point in time restructuring how they... Uh, participated and interacted with spiritual authorities ruling over their life um, and redefine that relationship. So is that something that's happening right now? Like, are we redefining our relationship um, and how 
you know, and it could be with authority, it could be with government, it could, but could it be just how we redefine ourselves, period? Like, I don't know, and that's where I'm like, I butcher astrology because I don't know mm-hmm. enough about it yet. I'm actually, it's one of my projects right now. <laughs> um, our friend Kara gave me like a, a workbook to get to work through and start to really dive into to learning astrology in a better way. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It'd be definitely worth having her talk about. Oh, that's good to know. Because yeah. Matt has been, my fiance, has been getting really into astrology too. And he was going to learn it in this like downtime. But he realized for him that it's too much of an investment of time for learning about it. Because you can get so deep into it. And that's like how deep he wants to okay. go. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to him. Because the book that she recommended to me, which is... Is it You Were Born for This? Yeah, You Were Born for This. Yeah. I got the book, but I also got it on Audible. So... I was going to get it for him, but then he was like, I don't know. So I'm glad that you it's got actually, it. So now it's, I, I And I got it on Audible first because I subscribed to Audible and I like checking things out before. And there's some books that I don't feel like I need to physically own, but there's a lot of books too that I feel like I need to physically own. So I was yeah. like, let me get this on Audible and check it out. I have all these credits that I need to use, to, need to use anyway. Um, and I got it and I started listening to it and I'm like, I'm glad I got this on Audible because I would actually listen to the chapters kind of over and over, but I would never, if I got the book, I know how I would work. I would just look through my chart stuff and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. like kind of dive as deep as I should. And she does get really deep into things. And it's now even, I just started and there's still, there's already things that I'm like, Oh, like now I get it. Like I've seen that for years, like Mm -hmm. But I never even knew how to start looking into it. Like, it gives you a good place as well as not just that app, but the, not just the book, but the website that we... The Seeker. This Astro Seeker that we, again, also from Kara and Queer Cosmos, they went live together. They do Moon Crew together. They're awesome. You guys will have to check them out. Um, He recommended this site for your chart and they go they go into it in a very in-depth way that's palatable for the av- like for someone who doesn't know shit really except for their son and like their moon but wants to understand the oppositions of planets and angles and all of that um it does it in a very palatable way so we just went down on tangent. Yeah. Astrology. <laughs> well, it's fascinating. And yeah, we become obsessed with like reading each other's people's charts in our friend group. My birth time. I've had it wrong. Oh my God. Mine was wrong forever too. And I just found my birth certificate like a month ago. I have, I've been on a dive because I've been wanting <laughs> to confirm that I, but I've had 905 in my head since as long as I remember. And my birth certificate did not have my birth time on it. So I asked yeah, my mom my to like dive. I was like, I know where she would put it. It would be in my baby book. So she finally found the baby book. And today she texted me. What's she goes, the time? birth time is 917. Oh, that's good. That's good that it's not too different. It's not, it's it not wasn't going to change too, much. Yeah, it's not going to. The same thing. My parents always told me, because I was born on January 23rd, so it's 1, 2, 3, and then they said that I was born at 4.56, and I was like 7 pounds, 8 ounces, and like born in 90, so it's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0. And I'm like, okay, guys, sure. Like, I didn't really believe them, but I'm like, whatever. And my dad's like, no, I swear. I'm like, okay. But yeah, then on my birth certificate, it said... 
6.16, which was like an hour later. Cause I was like, oh, it, I could have been born at that time. And then by the time they like wrote it down, but I was like, I don't know, it could be either. But I saw it written twice with the 6.16 and then Kara asked the cards it, which one was like if that was right and well I'm asking the cards which one's right what she wrote in her baby book or this weird 905 that's been that's my memory yeah of always knowing that and I don't know where it came from but why would I pull 905 out of my ass either like where right. did it come from so I'm curious so, like if that's truly it and what got written down was 917 I'm also curious to compare if it really makes that much difference in my chart yeah because mine is off by like an hour and it just changed my um moon mine's or, 11 or no minutes. my rising so yeah I don't think yours would change much yeah. Yeah, I was looking for my brother's because it was just his birthday, and I wanted to look up his chart, but his doesn't have the time on it, and I'm like, what do I do? I literally... Well, what year was your brother? Danny was born in 94, so and I was 93. What I now have discovered, and going this, because I was like, am I going to have to go to the hospital to get like the record? Mm -hmm. I had started to dive. As of 1995, it's now like a mandatory entry into the vital records for each state of the time. Prior to 1995, it was not. Mm -hmm. So anybody, if you're listening to this and you're born after 1995 and on, you should have no problem fi Finding locating your time. your time. Us earlier babies. I know. I was like, little more I'm going to call. I was like, who? I'm going to call like the state and try and find my brother's birth. Oh, I started to dive. <laughs> I just wanted to, I was like, if I'm going to get, this is my thought. I was telling you I'm, I'm diving into astrology a little more. And I'm yeah. like, if I'm going to take the time to dive into a chart, let me make sure that this Mine is, is, like, right. is correct. <laughs> astrology, it's fascinating. Highly recommend. And the reason I'm doing it is I've always been interested in it, but I'm trying to be like, you know, work smart, not hard. So I want to learn about my personality to understand like how to set myself best up best to work exactly you know and like what let me work with my strengths instead of constantly like fighting the energy that's natural to me yeah it's a great tool the moon crew the next one with queer cosmos and kara kovacs is going to be april 7th from 7 to 9 p.m um east coast time it's a tuesday night and they're doing a zoom uh meet like a zoom meeting for that and all it's donation based and all the proceeds are benefiting people who have been affected um by covid during this time i think this one's going to be for um native people who don't have a easy access to like their closest grocery store is like 40 minutes away and then people are clearing out all the food because they're going crazy so it's like helping support uh the native people in the U.S., I believe, during this one, and also people in New York and some other organizations that they are into, so that's a really nice cause. But yeah, I think just going through the quarantine, what's been keeping us, helping us get through is like we've been working out every day. Like I'm actually been more sore <laughs> these past two weeks than like the past couple of months because it's like. I have the time. I don't have the excuse for not making the time um, to work out. I've started my 40-day um, sadhana for kundalini, which is 40 days of uh, kriya. I'm doing a kriya for disease resistance, which I'll do a video of. It's really easy and quick and feels really good. And then we also do um, chanting these Aquarian songs and singing the japji, which is a ancient prayer. So it's been actually really nice and... 
even yeah, my fiance has been getting into the songs or Gina has heard me playing the song. She's like, what is that? So it's like nice to be able to share it and work on that and do, there's so many classes I feel like with Zoom and Everyone, there's so many offerings right now. I mean, everyone. I'm like having like com- like conflict, calendar conflicts with all these. I'm like, who's the fun yoga? Do I go to this yoga class, bar class, or this Kundalini class? Yeah, all the good stuff. So there's some positives, definitely. We're trying to just look at the positives. Taking a step back, like being connected with nature has saved me, even though it's been kind of cold and rainy and miserable. Um, I'm fortunate to be in my parents' pool house, which is literally like a greenhouse we're sitting in right now. It's like a gloomy, gloomy day outside, but it feels like we're sunbathing. Yeah. And I've had my moments on and off of like, oh, you know, I know I feel, I know I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful for the position I, that I'm in compared to some people during this time. And But at the same time, like, I'll fully admit that I have moments where I'm just, like, you know, woe is, a little bit of woe is me when I found out I had to cancel our honeymoon. I, like, I told myself I wasn't, I knew it was, like, impending that it was going to happen, and then leading up to it, I told myself I wasn't going to let it bother me, and then I, like, was, like, eh, it's not bothering me, but I found myself, like, within 24 hours, having some type of meltdown over nothing. And I was like, this meltdown isn't about the nothing. This is about my emotions that I'm telling myself I'm not having because I'm bummed that I'm canceling my honeymoon and now have to push it out basically an entire year after, like it'll be like a year later that we go from our wedding. Um, But so it's like, okay to like honor if you, the moments where you do feel bummed out and frustrated just try not to latch onto them mm-hmm. and let them tail split. But you do always have to honor. You have a right to be bummed about things, even if you're fortunate. Like, mm-hmm. you, just because you're, you are in a good position doesn't mean you can also have feelings about being upset about things in your life that are being canceled or, you know, affected by this. So I think that's an important thing to do too. Is just like honor all of all of the feelings and and try to embrace them and release them and not attach yourself to them and go into like a whirlwind. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point, and that's something that um, the woman brings up in the Medium article that I'm going to link. Uh, it's like choosing between dwelling in like that victim mentality or like rising up as like a leader. And it's just, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this article. It's, it's a really long mm-hmm. article and it's so, it just resonated with me so much because it's like, if you are remotely like connecting to your spirituality, like it is your responsibility to like come up as this leader, like tap into the higher consciousness and help like shine that onto others and not dwelling into like the victimhood of like what's happening to us. It's like, how can we change what's going mm-hmm. on? Um, so really, really good article. Highly recommend. Thank you, Kara, again. Sorry it took me like four days to actually sit down and read it, but it was worth it once I did. <laughs> well, so I saw you post tag it yesterday. I opened it, and I was like sitting in my car, and I started reading it. And then I was like, oh, this is long. So like I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm quite halfway, but I think I'm halfway through it. And I was like, I have to finish it later because I this is not as short as I thought it was. I know. That be. always happens. 
Uh, so let's switch gears to some happier times. Um, we were mentioning earlier that we, we were, were away. in Costa Rica in February the, before all this shit storm happened. Literally, it was like we were leaving Costa Rica. It was like a crazy tense morning of leaving Costa Rica for other reasons. And then we're getting all this news about corona and the craziness and i'm like wait why are we even leaving costa rica like i just want to stay um but we were there for my bachelorette party which i'm glad i got to sneak that in before the world shut down um and gina came for the second half of it the first half was with like a lot of my cousins and some of my friends in manuel antonio and it was more like chill going to the beaches like having a little little mellow dance parties like experiencing Costa Rica and then the second part was Envision Festival which Gina came down for but unfortunately if we only like were there partying like seeing I the music see at Costa night Rica. I saw Envision Festival however <laughs> I know that I want to go back to Costa Rica so badly like I could immediately from as my drive as- from the airport to Vita like I could just felt I felt that it was like a place that would resonate with me. I didn't I didn't need much to yeah. be sold on it. One of my favorite places, we actually Matt and I were going to go to Costa Rica before all the borders closed. Um, but I'm glad that we're here with our family because I know some people that are down there indefinitely and it is like beautiful but also like you just never like yeah, you don't know right now what's going on. But um I feel like when the borders open back up again, we're going to go down there because we're looking to maybe make an investment in property down there, maybe make some jungle babies down there sometime. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, Envision Festival. So this is Gina's first festival in like how many years do you think? 12 years. And it's so funny because she was feeling like a festival virgin, but actually... My first festival was Bonnaroo in like 2009 and I called Gina to tell me what to do and she was like my festival fairy godmother for my first festival but then it was like coming full circle and taking her under my wing for Envision Festival. You and your whole crew just took care of the entire situation which was great because when I used to like party and do more of this stuff when I was younger I was like always that person and I love being I do love being that person but I was like wow like I can't be that person I can't try to be this person because I don't know what I'm doing anymore like this is not my (laughs) experience I need to let let somebody else take the reins and I it was great (laughs) it was exactly what I needed it's the best Envision is literally one of my favorite festivals I think it's so special the people who um produce it and put it on it's like on this amazing land that's right near the beach in costa rica so you are in the jungle and they set up everything like very sustainably and um there's so many like vegan vendors and local vendors and it's all um you don't have any single use plastics or anything there's like a dishwashing program everything's like composted it's like basically like the minimal waste for a festival which festivals produce so much waste like i was at coachella and you're just like crunching on 
thousands of plastic cups because people just throw them on the ground and like this is a festival like there's like no trash anywhere like you don't see that and then they have like people walking around in the mornings like picking up anything off the floor floor of the far like the jungle that possibly could resemble trash like it was so beyond clean yeah they asked after like when a set is over in the morning for everyone to pick up a piece of trash but we literally a group of us are all like looking there's nothing yeah. for us to even pick up like i would of course pick up some trash but there was not there was nothing which is so refreshing for any kind of dance venue or festival and then, I mean, besides the trash aspect of it, there's, of course, these amazing yoga program put on by the girl. What's Ashley Sargent, so she, yes. um, who lives down in Costa Rica. She travels a lot. I mean, she streams on live cl- online classes with Gaia. But she's, you know, been in the yoga world for years, um, probably like 20 years now. And she's, yeah, I mean, she's young and she's just been in it forever and she knows a lot of people knows a lot of contacts so she brings great great people in to do workshops and aesthetic dance and the one area is a completely substance free sober space and that is like the yoga area and there's different workshops so this is a festival where like you do not by any means need to feel like you need to be wasted to enjoy your experience there like there are different experiences to be had there I said one of the biggest I kept saying this to people because they're like oh you just go to a festival and you get like fucked up and I'm like no I mean this they have like a whole sober space and one of the biggest bars at the festival is essentially alcohol free except for like it has um a a ginger beer yeah except for a ginger (laughs) beer that has alcohol in it like everything else served there is completely yeah alcohol free it's what it's called the alchemist isn't it no it's the witches the witches which village the witches village i don't know (laughs) when i first went there last year and we went to like the witches village yeah it's an elixir bar and oh my god it will blow you away it's like exactly what you want as a at a festival like of these handcrafted like they're mixing up tonics and drinks that are fresh these people have spent months in the lands where they've harvested the cacao beans and the different the roots and things and made these extracted them themselves these elixirs to put mix in the tonics it's like a mint mojito like margarita with all these superfoods in it, like no alcohol, natural stimulants, and structured water. Yes. Homemade coconut milk. Like, it's, it's insane. heaven. It's insane. It's so worth it. It's so what you want. It's, it's just, you're not going to experience that at any other festival. Yeah, it's really incredible. The attention, the attention to detail, especially at that um area that's like yeah where you could always find us basically mm-hmm. and we even met this guy who made this fire water and it was so beautiful hearing about how he makes it and the time he spent with the people like they were praying on this yeah they like chanting into it just put everything all these good energy into something that someone's going to consume in the hopes that the person who consumes it receives this energy and like he it keeps passing along it was so beautiful like Mm -hmm. it was we were all like crying like talking to him like it was 
it was really beautiful. He whispers I love you into every single bottle before he puts the top on. Like I mean, he's not <laughs> sitting there trying to sell us fire water. Like he didn't have fire water to even really sell yeah. us at that point. This is him like there was no reason that someone's bullshitting. This isn't like a sales tactic. This yeah. is just him we were interested about his process and how he makes it, so he was telling us about it. Like Yeah. It's beautiful. It's real. It brings really beautiful souls together. All the vendors have really great, like, sustainable products and also supporting the locals. It's just, there's, like, a tea, um... Tea lounge, which tea lounge. we never got to make it to. We'll Dad. have a tea lounge story. Um, one day we were walking for yoga and we were in a, we couldn't get, well, we got, we had to stop because there was a parade of people that were planting marching trees. to plant trees. It was a tree planting parade. They, it was amazing. They plant some crazy thousands of trees and I don't remember what it is. I wish I could remember the number off the top of my head. I remember hearing someone say it like two days later, like some, I heard like, oh, was overhearing a conversation and I was like, no shit. I was like, I knew it was a lot of people. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe they planted that many trees. Yeah. It's so, such a beautiful, amazing place. And even the yoga and meditations, like I've had the most profound meditations of my life at this festival, like completely sober. And I'm like, is it the instructor? Is it the, be, the group consciousness? Is it like my self like work that I'm working on? Is it this beautiful land that we're on? I think it's all of these things combined. It's like this sacred space, this sacred tribe of people. And I honestly can say that, I mean, I had great times at festivals and I don't mean to diminish some of the experiences I've had with other people, but there was just something different and really like magical about that experience for me. And the and honestly, like who I was with, other than Anna and Matt, I mean, those two I've known forever. Kara, I knew we had hung out a couple of times, but like and her friend Hannah like one time I really didn't know the whole rest of the group that well I would never have could never have imagined having the experience that I had with them had like but it was what it was and it was so great yeah it was so amazing I'm like just I want to go back <laughs> on Kara's story we keep talking about this loot this elusive Kara on our story no, my you, response was like what are you dreaming of and I said dancing in the jungle and rolling in the ocean <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah so all of this like not even going into yet the music that they bring down there and the workshops they have workshops we went and saw pa Paul Stamets mm -hmm. the mushroom king mushroom. he spoke multiple times that was amazing there's so many people talking about so many different great community like like-minded group consciousness things that we can do to change the world and then also mixed with you could go to like a um what was it lap dance like yeah <laughs> lessons or like twerking I'm sure there's like a great mix but then yeah the music oh my god I can't so good Lapa stage is where you can find me at all times. And that's the one that um, we always stayed for the sunrise sets. And then they opened the beach access um, for sunrise. 
And that's a great thing about this festival is like you're in the jungle. If you need a break from like all the music, you can walk down to the beach. Yeah. And they have, we didn't even go to a um, sunset drum circle at Um, night for sunset because we stayed off site. It's like, I love the jungle. I would like to stay on site just because I felt like I was missing, I would have gotten to have more of the yoga experience, but I feel like you need to kind of escape from the festival and the heat. And just, we had a beautiful place in the mountains that we could cool down and kind of chill mm. out but if you're staying there like there's so much to do and yeah the music is incredible and our friend group like it was just a pile a puddle of love it was <laughs> a puddle of love so much fun it's so weird to think that it was like just over a month ago like when we started quarantine it was basically we were, it was not even a month from us being in Costa Rica yeah yeah need to go back but there's yeah just so much fresh fruit the fruit was insane there was like a little fruit stand in the town of Uvita right where we would have to drive by to go to and from the festival and up to our house and we got like the most fruit you guys came back the one day and it was like the back of the car was just like the whole back out exploding with so much fruit and some things I still don't even know what they were, but they were, like, amazing. Yeah. And I want to eat them again. It's, like, the most crazy fruits. And the guy didn't even speak English, right? He no, he barely like, spoke English. He was our homie, and we understand why people are fruitarians. If, they, if we had this fresh Costa Rican organic fruit in our world. It made me want to come back and, like, eat more fruit, which Anna knows I have a hard time with my digestion with. And I was like, I'm just going to give it a try. Like, maybe I've had this story. But I'm like, no, I can't eat, I can't eat fruit like that. <laughs> like, Julia has half trying. a pancreas, so it's understandable. <laughs> I can't digest sugar very well. And I don't have... My enzymes are weak. I have to, like, very much support them. But, yeah. We need to have Hannah, who was with us on our podcast, to talk about fruit and all the benefits. She's a high-fruit vegan... Um, very much she's like a fruitarian inspiration health mm-hmm. inspiration she's who i did the cold press juice company with back in san diego but we need to have her on because i've been telling her for years but yeah yeah we need to have her on i need to actually get her ear about me and like help like because i want to eat more fruit so i bet she can help guide me a little bit better yeah um but she actually i, I texted jeff because i was like I'm coming, I'll be home for lunch, and I'm making you a superfood smoothie, because the one I was watching <laughs> her make her ba- what her bubby, <laughs> bubby, is that what it's, am yeah. I, okay, so bubbies, who's her <laughs> wonderful boyfriend, Caleb, um, he wants to put on weight, my husband is, if he like, does it, if he skips one of the 10 meals he eats in a day, he loses two pounds, it's absolutely absurd. So he is constantly trying to get food in. And on, um, in a very... Side note, last weekend, he just had a bag of chia seeds that he was, like, pouring down yes. his throat. So I'm not lying about this. Because, I like, legitimately people don't take me seriously when I say, like, his way of getting superfoods in him, he doesn't make it yummy. Like, <laughs> he just will sit there and eat, like, six massive like keeping like tablespoons of hemp seeds and then chia seeds and then wash it down with almond milk and then take like a gob of like sunflower butter and I'm like 
dude, like, just put him in a smoothie, like, make something good. He's like, I'm just being efficient. So, like, I, Hannah had on her story making Bubby's this amazing, like, high-calorie, high-fat smoothie fat bomb. And I'm like, I need to make that. I'm like, you're inspiring me. I need to make this for mine tomorrow. And I text him, and I'm like, can I make you a smoothie for a lunch, please? Yes. Oh, my God. Yum. Yeah. Costa Rica is the place for the smoothies with all that fruit. I can't wait to get some more. But I wanted to go back to Envision with the substances and like cannabis in Costa Rica and what was available the most, which was surprising. In Costa Rica, it's obviously like illegal. Cannabis is illegal. They're very like religious country as well and i think that's part to do with it but i think they're exploring um growing hemp like legalizing hemp for farming because they obviously have amazing farming but i know like some of our friends were really scared to bring like weed into the country or like obviously you don't want to it's sketchy traveling internationally with weed so but then once we get down there like we know a lot of people who live there and have it like there's a lot of jungle weed down there which is great but it was actually harder to find than any other substance. <laughs> and for Envision, what is readily available, if you put it to two and two together from us seeing Paul Stamets, mushrooms are literally everywhere. Yeah. You can find mushrooms at any time. There's literally people that walk around and have mushroom signs and you can get these mushrooms that are like in single origin cacao fair trade cacao that's like mushrooms I from think my regret is not bringing chocolates back home with me i know last year i brought a bunch back um for matt but it was hard because they melt and they have yeah. to keep them in coolers at the festival but yeah then you're like they're gonna melt quickly or the fire ants are gonna get to them one or the other so yeah but i know like for me i don't really like doing mushrooms at a festival is not I think doesn't work the best for me, but some people like it still. I don't think it's a, I don't love doing mushrooms. That if I did, um, I was fine. It was great. I, but I always, for me, it's just a different scenario. Like I, when I do mushrooms, I really just like to be with a handful of people, if not just one other person. Um, I get very, my body temperature gets very weird. I freeze, and even in the jungle, this is not an exaggeration, I can attest to this. I was like wanting to be like wrapped in a blanket, and I'm still cold. <laughs> so. And we're all in like bathing suits, yeah. sweating. Everyone's sweating, but I'm wrapped up, like talking about being cold. And so it's, it's a thing that like I just, that's, I need a very specific. Um, type of environment for that type of psychedelic use which is different than when I generally take something like acid I I'm usually more fine being in bigger settings with lots of people um, but even then it's just it's just a different it's different I think I'd like to think of um, psychedelics as um, for more of a medicine use where I'm just really trying to explore my own introspective emotions and where I'm at and download and what I where I need to move in life and you're not I mean as is a festival really 
for that. I mean, maybe it is for some people, but I want to dance. Yeah. <laughs> Same. And even Paul Stamets said in his talk that, like, this isn't really the best environment to, like, have this plant medicine. Like, it should be more quiet in nature for those downloads and for those reasons. Um, he was like, yeah, when you're in, like, 15 to, like, 22 range, like, you take it to party. It's more recreational. But now it's, like, time to tune in to, like, the downloads that you're getting and... Be, take responsibility with that kind of like you know better now basically mm -hmm. which is how I feel I'm like yeah I could take mushrooms at a festival it would probably be fine but like I know better than to do that I know my body doesn't like that um and no judgment to anyone who has fun with mushrooms at festivals like do what works for you and you like may ha get your downloads that way like whatever you're being called to but yeah for me it's not not my favorite, but it was everywhere, which was fun. And um, it was so funny at the end of Paul Stamets' talk, he was saying how you can grow mushrooms yourself. And he's like, people, it's so accessible. And like, this is how we can make these changes. And like, even to take it for microdoses. But he's like, don't let like, basically authority, like governments take away your right to like have this amazing fungi in your life and as he was saying how to grow it it started raining and they were like covering up the tv so it was like the whole talk was like leading up to like this climax of like you can grow yourself here's how we'll show you the exact video and then they're like covering the tv so that they don't get wet and everyone's like no <laughs> and it was just like so ironic because it's like everyone's like getting up and crap like shifting but you can find a lot of those kinds of videos online and um become more accessible but I definitely one of the major takeaways is like I really want to start microdosing like I've been saying that we were talking about on our last mushroom podcast and what's great about microdosing with mushrooms is that it doesn't take a lot like you could get like a pound of mushrooms wouldn't be enough for all of like everyone in my family to like microdose for a year I mean it would be more than enough like you don't need to even get that much bulk because you're going to be taking such minuscule amounts and you can take minuscule amounts to get the benefits. Um, so it's really interesting. And I just finally got to watch Fantastic Fungi, which is also um, Paul Stamets, one of his like projects. And he played clips from it at the festival. And I highly, highly recommend that. They have it online. You can rent it for $5 and they have it. Um, you can buy it for like $15. And it's really incredible. And it talks about our connection with like that we're all mycelium like connected it's this network and the oneness of the world really great mushrooms are truly magical if you for people wanting to get into the just going onto the microdosing of mushrooms i'm like really 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 interested and have been in wanting to take the statement stack which is psilocybin, lion's mane, and niacin mm -hmm. in specific proportions. And then it's like you take you do like two to three days and then a day off for like I don't know the exact protocol for it. But I've been told that like that it's good for so many different things. It's good for PTSD. Um, but I'm specifically wanting to take it for two reasons. One, because of my ADD, ADD and not wanting to take Adderall and not taking Adderall anymore, but feeling like it sucks because it's truly an issue for me. It's really, it's really a struggle um, to do certain uh, 
functions in life without. I mean, just trying to, if I'm trying to do something like math and there's any type of background, anything, it would be impossible for me to like solve an equation that I could easily do. It's, it's like that, but, um, that, and then my family has a history of Alzheimer's and dementia and that's always very scary to me, the, um, degeneration of the brain and there's been a lot of conversation that the statements microdosing and doing a stack like this would help to um, keep the brain healthy and slow that process. So for me, it's something that I'm just like, fuck, like I want this to be legalized because the biggest problem for me is like, how do you get, you know, like the precise microdose? Like if I get a bag of mushrooms, how do I make the stack myself? Like I can't mm-hmm. readily go and get it to help me right. as medicine. I the have exact to like, doses. Yeah. You have to find a safe source, like dry it to the right amount, like the right yeah. amount so you can consume it, grind it up safely and then measure it yeah. and then see what works like for your body and the exact like proportions. Like, yeah, it's involved and it needs to be more accessible. And I think if it becomes like, I think fantastic fungi is a great, piece of information and knowledge that's going to be like spreading and becoming more mainstream so that things like that can become legalized and people have access and the stigmas are broken around it and I think a great way to like bring this full circle part of um the fantastic fungi how more research is being done with mushrooms and in therapy sessions with people, anyone from like having PTSD to having cancer and literally having like been diagnosed mm-hmm. with stage four cancer that they have like two months, three months to live. And they have gone into mushroom therapy and had psychedelic experiences and they're still living to this day. They're completely fine. And part of it was that they let go of that fear of death Mm -hmm. and they became okay with death in their experience so the mushroom experience was prescribed to like help them with the anxiety surrounding their impending death but because of that and letting go of that anxiety and fear like could it be more mental that they're like still alive like they had stage Mm -hmm. four cancer yeah so fear and your mind are very powerful things like fear we keep talking about with our friends is like the lowest vibrational energy like fear is at the bottom bliss is at the top yeah and you can choose how to experience the world and let go of that fear and it's very liberating and freeing to be in the right the opposite mindset and not be controlled by fear i mean fear just it gets in the way of everything. There's not, you know, fear would only, is only ever good in the scenario of you're getting chased by a lion because it's what like exactly. incites you to like move and protect yourself. But outside of that, there's no, we don't need protected. fear. You don't need fear. Amazing. Well, I hope that everyone gets inspired or something like. <laughs> Use this time wisely. Don't squander it. Let go of the fear. Take this time for yourself. Really tune in. And we hope to see you and hug you soon. I know. I hope for hugs soon. I don't want to live in a world where I'm not allowed to touch people. 
I know. I feel like on the East Coast, people are already like, don't want hugs. And I, I force them on people. It's going to be like after this. <laughs> no one's going to want gonna hugs. It's going to be people's excuse not to touch us. Hug and sneeze. It's coming. God bless. And then Anna and Gigi got COVID. <laughs> my allergies and my sinuses. <laughs> 